0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. I'm Nick Baumgartner, along with Chris Burke. Chris, we have a 53-man roster to talk about today. Uh, took the Lions right up until the 4pm deadline. Chris and I got a feeling we're not done talking about <laughs> any moving and shaking. Uh, how are we feeling here after <laughs> the initial, initial wave, I suppose?
2: Uh, well, first of all, I have to apologize for last week's episode because I, uh, I got a new laptop. Oh yeah, that's And right. <laughs> I... Uh, Clearly didn't know how, don't know how to use it yet because I thought I was muting myself every time you were talking and apparently I was like launching nuclear codes. on my...
1: <laughs> You were like playing a video game on your typing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was rolling through like a Tecmo Super Bowl season <laughs> while you were talking. So I apologize to everyone <laughs> um, for that. Uh, I'll try to do better tonight. Uh, but yeah, um, but no promises. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. some of the stuff we had talked. I mean, I. There weren't a ton of surprises, but there were enough surprises to kind of make you pause and right. kind of reevaluate how we were thinking they might approach this roster because it's really it's really interesting. I mean, right. we know they're gonna keep making moves, but they come out of it, they cut both tight ends. There's no kicker at the moment. Yep. <laughs> they're uh traded for like a receiver. I, I, traded for a receiver and kept six kept receivers for the moment. Uh, and I tweeted out too that their oldest cornerback right now is 25 year old, Amari right. Warrior. So they got rid of Cornelder and Nickel Roby Coleman. Um, so yeah, I mean it's they're leaning into a lot of their youth and a lot of the guys that they've chosen. And I think uh, it's going to be interesting. Have you watched any man uh, Trinity Trinity, no. Trinity Benson? Tape yet? I, no, right. I
1: saw his I saw his profile and I saw like his. Uh, uh, what Dane wrote, I think I saw you tweeted that too. uh, What Dane wrote about him when he came out yep. um, a couple of years ago. So I mean, like, it's a guy that I think people were high on in the NFL, but you know, Denver's kind of got a slog there of a bunch of dudes that are just kind of like there's nowhere for this guy to go. So maybe he's a, you know, it's it's funny I saw the Eagles release Travis, Travis Fulgum, <laughs> right <laughs> today. So like, I mean, maybe you're looking for somebody, maybe he's something like that. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, at the end, surprise, uh, d- keeping Kennedy almost felt surprising to me too, but um, I don't know. I mean, this was a weird deal in in a couple of different ways, but I almost feel like we kind of thought it would be like this, you know, where it was like, there are no sacred cows here. There's like nobody here that you're like, well, you can't get rid of him. You know, you yeah, couldn't, you right. can't, you can't like, like, I think we were all a little surprised by Ty- Tyrell Crosby, I guess, but like at the same time, like not really. I mean, they really haven't said anything that would lead us to believe that they even like him. So it's like. I think
2: we were surprised because, as we've talked about a bunch, there's like no one on that offensive line. They're going to have to add. I mean, I don't. That's a spot where they. Like, even the three guys they kept, like Nelson, Stenberg, and Evan Brown. Like, I think they'll keep Stenberg at this point and maybe keep Evan Brown, but I wouldn't be surprised if they flipped over like every backup spot between now and week four. You know, it just feels like one of those deals. But yeah, I mean. That one was surprising. The Mike Ford one, I think, was the most surprising one for me, frankly, just because mm-hmm. he played really well in the preseason game, except for the one play where he gave up like a 70-yard pass. Uh, right. And he's been so good on special teams. And they clearly have put a priority on special teams that I thought that would help him stick. But they went with, you know, they they went with Jacobs, uh, UDFA that they brought in, and Bobby Price, who the previous regime brought in, but they flipped his position. So uh, I, I don't know that, like, Mike Ford is a good guy, and he's really good on special teams. But that we saw him at corner, yeah, he wasn't good at corner in training camp. So, <laughs> well, got to I mean, reward the guys who so play, who were playing well.
1: Let's just let's just stay with the defense here first as we go through this kind of because you mentioned corner, you mentioned Amani being the oldest guy at 25, uh, and you look at the guys who currently obviously they've got you know they cut Roby Coleman, they cut Corn Elder. We weren't really surprised by Corn Elder. I don't think we were really surprised. I guess by Roby Coleman or Ford, maybe a little more by Ford, right? But, like, I think we both talked that like, it was certainly possible those guys got cut. Yeah. But when you get to the bottom here, you look at Bobby Price is on the team still, um, Jacobs. And, like, when you look at this, like, how does this shake out, I guess, when you <laughs> – what's going to happen I don't here, know. Chris? I, I mean, have like, no I idea. don't know <laughs> what to make of this quarterback situation other than, like you said, it can't – are they going to go out there and just say, look, Okuda – Awarié Parker and someone else sink or swim. We'll figure it out. No fan Wu. Yeah, and I then we'll, and then we'll see what. I mean, are the, is that the plan? Is to just sort of and maybe that is. I don't know, but like
2: I don't know. Yeah, I don't you know, know, when
1: you go forward <laughs> here, is the plan sort of to go into the season with these guys and say, look, like we burned the boats. Okay, there's nobody here <laughs> behind you. There's no, you know, there's nobody here older that's going to take reps from you if you screw up. Nobody's coming to get you. So it's you and nobody else. Is that the plan? Maybe it is. I don't know. Like, there's been parts of me over this, like, last month and a half, as we've thought about this, like, this clean-as-you-go rebuild. They're not trying to win the division, but they're also not trying to lose every game. So it's like, you're, you're in the middle. <laughs> you're in the middle here. And, like, corner is one where you just throw all the names on the board, and you're like, this can't be the roster they go into game one with, right? <laughs> but maybe it is. I mean, so I would ask you, like, you look at this, and what was your original reaction, sort of, when we saw the cuts and then... I don't know, thoughts as they go forward here at quarter.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. I almost wonder if that's a position because the NFL has all these weird rules. And one of them is that if a veteran, you know, a vested veteran, like if he's not on the roster for week one, like you can sign, you see there's usually a bunch of signings after week one because then teams can get those guys without guaranteeing Mm -hmm. their salaries for the year. And right. so I wonder if maybe that, like in week two, we're going to see him pick somebody up or maybe they go on waivers. I I don't know. I mean, it's really... Because <laughs> you're right. I just don't... Yeah. Like at this point, you're starting... We knew they were going to probably start Okuda and Oro Warrior right. outside. AJ Parker, I think, has won the starting job in the slot. I do too. But yeah, you're right. Like if you get in a pinch in week one and you have to use... Melifonmu, or God forbid, Bobby Price. Like, Bobby Price cannot play in week one from what we've seen. I think he's really good. I think he's going to be one of their gunners on special teams. Uh, He's a ridiculous athlete. Uh, You know, he's a guy who's converting from safety to corner, so maybe he ends up playing like kind of a Melifonmu-type role in this defense where you see him doing both, but Mm -hmm. you cannot throw him out there (laughs) against the 49ers or the Packers and expect to hang in that game. So I don't know. I mean, again, and Jerry Jacobs too, like he had a good camp and he's mm-hmm. uh, going to get out there and compete for you. But like you said, at some point, like you can't just have 53 guys who are going to scratch and claw and every down. Like right. you got to have yeah. some actual talent out there. And even Campbell said that, like you can't build the whole team out of right. you know, these guys with chips on their shoulders. Like you got to have legitimate players. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if that's a spot where they still add, but at the same time, like they just cut two veterans you know yeah. they could have kept Roby Coleman I don't think anyone would have been stunned if they kept Roby Coleman
1: no and like Jacobs is a great example where it's like you know obviously they saw something there they you know they liked him at the very beginning of camp but like is this just going to be one of these things where they just is Aaron, Is this an Aaron Glenn situation where he's saying if they don't sign somebody else before then is he looking at Okuda and Amani and Parker and maybe even a Jerry Jacobs sort of in the eye and saying, like, I think there's something in here and we're going to find out right now. Because I'm not I'm not going to let you play with the net. I'm not going to let you do anything else. I'm going to make you go out there and do it. Like, I don't – part of me wonders if there's some of that happening here. But I'm also kind of like, they're not going to just go into a season if they think all these guys are going to get roasted with no help coming behind them. Right. <laughs> right. So they must – right. they must, like, I mean, Aaron Glenn and Pleasant they- must think highly of – at least two of these guys, right? Like, as, as they're going forward here, I would say. Otherwise, like, what are we talking about? Like, that's kind of what I'm wondering here. Is as we talk about this whole thing. Safety, too. Like, it's the same conversation with both sides.
2: And wide receiver. And, yeah, right? like, there's a lot of spots here where we're going to find out just how good this coaching staff actually is. And I think, yeah. uh, like, both coordinators, obviously. But wide receiver, I mean, Tyrell Williams has, like, 195, 197 career catches. hmm the next most receptions on this roster is Quintus Cephas, who had 20 last year. Right. Khalif Raymond had, has like 19. St. Brown's obviously never played a game. Uh, Kennedy has like, what, a couple, maybe one or two maybe? And Trinity Benson's never played a regular right. season game. And those are your six right now. So there's a lot of spots here where you're asking, you're asking guys who have never done this before to step in and play well. And you're asking a coaching staff to really immediately develop these talents and they they've said this like from day 1 and when we talk like I talked to Campbell uh pretty early after he got hired we talked to Glenn and Lynn and they've said this like we know we're going to have to play mm-hmm. some of these guys oh, and yeah. just accelerate the development and you know trial by fire they'll have to get better just by being out there and if it works you set yourself up really well for the future. And if it doesn't work, you're losing like 49 to seven in week two. And so it's, it's tough. Like this is asking a lot of this staff. And again, they're, they're clearly going to make some more moves here, but it, it's a pretty interesting initial 53.
1: It is. And it's like, you know, I, I think about it and, and you, you know, you get and down to the hair split and then you're like, okay, well, if it was AJ Parker versus Mike Ford, in the final conversation. And you're like, well, if you're just going to look at that in a vacuum and say, well, we know what Mike Ford can give us. And it's not really overwhelming anybody. So let's just take a chance on Parker. Let's, you know, I understand that. Like, I understand that in a lot of areas on the roster, you know, Godwin, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys, Charles Harris um, that you're like, you know, Hey, if it's somebody that, if it's th- this guy with kind of a trait that we really like versus, you know, but we don't know yet versus a guy that, you know, we know, and it's like, whatever, get rid of the guy that's whatever. But at the same time, like you're saying, like, they're going to be throwing a lot of youth out here, and you're going to be really leaning hard on. And I think this is your point, Chris. I think this is this is the point that makes the most uh, thing to hold on to here, is that you're going to be really relying on the staff, to provide a lot of the veteran guidance that you would normally get in a locker room from, uh, you know, veterans in the position room, I think. I think that that might be part of what we see here, right? Like you're relying on Aubrey Pleasant to be like part of that shoulder to lean on for all these guys. And I don't know how that works, but like, I think part of it's going to have to be if they roll with all these young guys that the the staff is going to have to take on a larger role, like you said, in terms of, how are you gonna roll through the punches here? Because there's gonna be a lot of them, and you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to gut it out if this is the 53 or anything close to it that you go in, and obviously it's gonna change, but like in a lot of these areas, it can't change that much. I mean, this well, that- is, this is pretty much the core, right? I mean, I
2: would assume. And that's one of the really interesting things about how they've set up the staff, because I think you're right. I mean, I think that these guys are playing like Two roles here, you know, yeah, like they're, veteran they're the almost, coach. You know? But yeah. you're, yeah, you are the veteran. Like you're the leader of that position group, and it's mm-hmm. really like you're gonna need. We've seen Okuda kind of develop. You're gonna need like Derek Barnes. I think can step into a leadership role. Like you need those guys obviously to come up and do it. But if things start to derail a little bit, yeah, it's got to be Aubrey Pleasant's got to get in there and settle everyone down, yeah. and and Antoine Randall's got to get the receivers feeling confident like I think that is really it's a really unique really interesting setup for this staff um that because I think you're right I think they do have to kind of juggle both roles here and uh maybe it works maybe they're really onto something here well and, I
1: mean look at if,
2: if he, <laughs> you know? we're talking about
1: corners right not to cut you off but I mean we're talking about corners and we're talking about Aubrey Pleasant and Aaron Glenn on the staff and yeah. if Aubrey Pleasant and Aaron Glenn went to Dan Campbell and said give me those six guys I'll make it work he's probably like okay done like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. it probably wasn't a hard conversation because I think that's the relationship, right? That the staff kind of has. Sorry, go ahead. Continue there.
2: No, no, no. I, I think you're right. And uh, I think I was done with no, my point no anyway. <laughs> I, Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think you're right. I think that that probably... I, those The conversations had to be interesting. But the other part of this that we talked about is that, like, once you get past the projected starters and a handful of of the other guys on the two deep uh-huh. there wasn't a there's like if you were to pick out whoever you think is the 30th most talented guy currently on the right. roster and you look at the first guy they cut that's it's not the type of gap that you'd be talking about nope. on a contending team like close. it's yeah. it's kind of split in hairs like uh you know crosby versus matt nelson right i mean what are we talking all right. about? It's <laughs> yeah. not a big gap. No. Bruce Hector against Kevin Strong. And like even further down the list, oh, you God. know, some of those like uh I don't know, some of those wide receivers even like Javon McKinley to me is not way off what they no. would have gotten, you know, uh no. Tom Kennedy. Uh so they're different guys, obviously, different players. But I mean I just think that that can make for uh, I'm sure it can make for some difficult conversations and some of these surprises that we see pop up because, you know, there just isn't, uh, like, there aren't 53 guys necessarily who have separated themselves.
1: There's not, and I think that that's the ultimate takeaway that we, we tried to explain a thousand times, right? Where it was like, it was hard to explain it, but it was like after a handful of dudes, like, the conversation you're having between players is like, well, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to compare it to, but it's like... There were just so many across the roster that it was just going to come down to personal preference in some cases. And then also, like we've talked about so many times, like, you know, are you a guy that the franchise can still, you know, is, is already invested in? Whether this, you know, this organi- or this uh, regime invested that money or not, you know, that's probably a factor when a guy like Stenberg, right? Where it's like, not that Stenberg was, took a spot of someone else that maybe necessarily deserved it, but they were going to probably... You know, lean more toward he's got if he shows us anything, we'll be ready to keep him because he's a draft pick, right? I mean, like, that's part of these conversations too. But also, Chris, I wanted to get your thoughts on this before we get too far away here on this. Like, the message I think that they've sent to the team, um, here, and I'm talking about Holmes and Campbell with the cuts, who made it and who didn't. All the fifty three on here, every guy, including the punter and the long snapper, <laughs> had a good camp. Every single guy, I think, that's on this list, for the most part, I don't know if there's anybody on here that we would say, boy, he had a bad camp, he shouldn't be on the list. We don't always see that. And I think that for, and of course, Trinity Benson, we can't really say that about. But for the stage that they're at right now (laughs) and and everything they're asking of these guys to kind of buy in, like, I don't think that's irrelevant. I don't think we're probably going to ever talk about that enough. But I do think that that's something that should be noted here. Like, Perriman didn't do anything in camp, cut. Both kickers sucked cut like we're not just <laughs> right. going to give you a spot like right so Crosby. I think that that's I mean Crosby. he said that was right. the answer exactly. for
2: Crosby why isn't Crosby on the roster well it wasn't one of our best guys in cut. camp all right move on right <laughs> that's like, it you're done I think done.
1: That that's you know they talked about Campbell talked Monday about you know we and it was a different I thought it was a little bit of a different vibe from Campbell on Monday I don't know why but it was like in previous days with him we've heard we've seen the kind of exasperate like exhausted Campbell when he talks about the cuts like god I hate this you know all this stuff which I'm you know of course he does. <laughs> right. But it was also like you could tell they were toward the back end of figuring this out and already kind of made some of these decisions and it was just like this is what it is. Like we're not going to we're not going to just give guys a pass in here because we paid them a little bit more and they just didn't do anything in camp. We're just going to look the other way and keep them here because 3 years ago they started 16 games. Like we're not doing that. We said we weren't going to do it and we're not going to do it and we didn't do it. And if nothing else, I think that that says something to the guys that are here you know, about the leadership and and the guys they are going to go to work with here.
2: Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, I think there were probably a couple guys that were hard for Campbell to get rid of and that they might try to get back on a – like Jalen Elliott, to me, is a guy Mm -hmm. I know they liked. He played fine. He was good on special teams. He was out there all the time. Like, that. that's one. I'm sure Tavai was a tough cut for them, too, because they liked Tavai. They asked him to drop 25 pounds, and he dropped 25 (laughs) pounds, and he came back, and he worked hard. So, I'm sure there were some of those. Craig Reynolds, too, is another one, I'm sure, that they – you know, again, maybe you throw them on the practice squad. But um, to your point, yeah, I think they did try as best they could to reward the guys who deserve this. And I think that also what you're talking about there, just the emotional part of it. I think by the end of this, we started to hear him get frustrated mm-hmm. with the guys that he kept kind of prodding and right. saying, well, you got to get we got to get going. Exactly. here. You got to do something. paraman. Crosby was hurt for a long time. They threw him back out there, and, and that rep where he gave up the sack, everyone talked about Sewell. Yeah, it was that was one of the Crosby. worst reps we've seen in preseason for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like that. I don't know. Mike Ford again, and Mike Ford played really well at the end of the preseason. I think he kind of rose to that challenge. Sure. Where they said we got to, we got to. If you want to make this team, you got to come play. But again, he gave up a sixty whatever it was yard pass. He wasn't very good for three, four weeks before that. Right. So I think you move on and this offensive lineman, like I don't think we ever thought Darren Paolo was going to make this team. No. Uh you know, I there's there's not a lot of guys here that I look at and say wow, well, I don't really understand that or no, I don't right. really understand the process behind it. I mean, I think there's a couple guys here that I don't again, like I don't know if Bobby Price is going to hold on when they start if they start finding guys on waivers. I don't know where you're going to play him. I don't know like Penacini or Nick Williams like you're married to those guys yeah. on the defensive line but yeah I think they tried to reward people who played well in camp and I think that that should should count for something when they get back to camp next year they don't have to do their speeches all over again right. just, exactly. look here's here's how we did it and yep. you know now exactly let's go through it let's just go through the
1: whole chart here um because there's probably something to note in every one of them and Chris wrote a uh, 53 thoughts on everybody um that's already up, so you can go check that out for sure this week. Uh, quarterback, of course, we can start there. Tim Boyle uh, reports today that it was a six to eight week injury with the thumb, um, which is better than season ending. I think we both talked about, you know, certainly they could probably put him on IR and create a roster spot, but they were going to take three anyway. I mean, what's your read on this Blau situation? And then, would you, I guess we would expect the, <laughs> the IR uh, thing coming here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't. Whatever, I guess <laughs> is my opinion there. Exactly. Right. Like I was sort of looking at the other quarterbacks Jeez. that were hitting the wire, and I right, think that no. maybe if they want to go with three, it's possible they go grab someone. I certainly was looking at like a couple of those guys, the Rams. You know, yeah. like Bryce Perkins was in the Rams camp and and played pretty well. And, um, you know, just sort of looking around at some of those guys, it wouldn't surprise me if they brought one of those guys back or just threw Dor- Jordan Teamu on practice squad or something. Um. I- they again, they like Boyle, they like Blau. I think it makes sense to keep three in the current environment. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I don't know that they like lose anything necessarily by not having Tim Boyle available for six weeks. I think David Blau is fine as a backup, and Jared Goff's gonna start. So, right. uh, if you get Goff heard, I, I mean, you're gonna be in the same spot either way. So, I, I think that that's fine. I think that made sense all along that they go with three. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I don't know. Would you have cut him? Like, this no, is. No. I think this makes sense, yeah, this right? Makes just sense. to throw him on IR.
1: This makes sense, especially given the situation. Like, it would have been probably a more difficult conversation for them, actually, if he hadn't gotten hurt. Because if he True. hadn't gotten yeah, hurt, right. I still think he was the two. I mean, people got all up in arms about how he had a bad game against Pittsburgh, and they're like, well, I think Boyle's ahead of him. I'm like, no. Boyle's going to be the number two. <laughs> That's why they signed him. I, feel, I felt like that was just how it was going to be. But I actually think, in a weird way, obviously, you don't want him to get hurt, but like. In a weird way, this might make it easier for the time being uh, as they kind of go forward. And then, like you said, there's nobody that popped up that you were like, oh, God, you know, I got to go get him. So sort of is what it is there. Running back, no surprises. They do keep Jefferson. I, I, I don't think we would say that uh, God wins a surprise given how he finished camp, uh, though notable, I suppose. that And he was certainly a guy that when we talk about cutting deeper at other positions, I know we talked about that last week, kicker being one and then, you know, maybe even corner. You know, he would be a guy that probably his name comes up because I would think that if you're just going to do one through 53, there's a guy that probably is toward the back end. Whereas a guy like Kavinda, you know, we knew he was going to be here in Jefferson probably as well.
2: Yeah. And again, I think that goes to rewarding guys yeah, who right. played well. You know, Igubuque has been uh, he, he's someone you can use on special teams. I, he It's possible he's their kick returner. I would think he would be one yeah. um, and, and he played really well down the stretch and yeah it gives you something on special teams it was one I don't ever people kept bringing up Jefferson as being on the bubble and I didn't really ever feel like Jefferson was on the bubble like that was a guy they really liked when they drafted he did everything the way they described that he would do (laughs) and he looked good in this offense and so that one to me I like I think you're almost at the other end of the spectrum with him where it's like well we should try to get him some touches because he kind of fits this offense pretty well so um, that the only thing with Igwabuke is, yeah, like like you said, if you get down to fifty-one, fifty-two, uh, you like what he did, you like his upside. I don't know where he's gonna play. Like, he, right, you might not even have him active exactly. most weeks. Um, unless you just want him to return kicks. Uh, but yeah, I don't think, I think everything made sense there. And as I mentioned in the in the piece, which. Uh I guess I'll toss out that subscriptions are fifty percent off go. right now if you need one. Ding ding ding. Uh, <laughs> we saw Jason Kabinda play some tight end in the preseason, right. so we might see him do some of that too, now that they're down to two tight ends.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say we can we can touch on that now before we get to that section, but obviously we talked a lot about probably way more than we needed to, about the third <laughs> tight end battle that was just a bunch <laughs> of just a bunch of guys who just could not Nobody wanted it. And it was another one of those where I was just like, <laughs> "That's, but that's another situation where you looked at it, and you're like, okay, logic would say you have Kabinda, who you know you're keeping. They love him. He's playing fullback. He's playing H-back. He's playing special teams. He can do a lot of the things the third tight end is going to do anyway. Don't keep one of them just to keep him. So the fact that they cut both of them, Mac and Wright, I had no problem with. I was like, that's no. totally exactly what the move should have been and, and you know that's probably jumping ahead to the tight end spot but I mean I think that that's that should be noted here too
2: yeah and we can skip yeah back to wide receivers like, yeah. uh you know I and Mac was another one of those guys that Campbell multiple times like we really like what he could do mm-hmm. but he's young he hasn't played this has got to start clicking for him pretty soon and by the end it really felt like I we had Brock Wright as the guy on our that. roster like we thought Brock Wright was going to jump in and, and grab that third tight end spot because it never really got going for Mac the way that they were hoping it was going to. Right. And so again, it was, well, let's not reward a guy who didn't perform up to expectations. No, uh, We'll figure it out. If we go with two tight ends in Cabinda, all right, that's what we'll go with. And it'll save us a roster spot on game day.
1: Right. Also notable that Elise Mack and Dan Campbell have a prior history of working together, right? He was involved, I think, in the draft process with him, knows him, was fond of him. And they still got him. <laughs> like, I think that that's... We right. talked so much. People focused so much on when these guys got here because of the Patriots stuff with Patricia. They just brought every single guy that got released from the franchise over here and it didn't matter how you performed. You were on the team. And you just got... These guys got inundated, Campbell and the staff, really, with like, are you just going to bring guys in here that you know and you're just going to give them jobs? And he's like, well, I mean, we're going to bring guys in here that we know, but we're not just going to give them jobs. And I think here we are on almost September 1st, and that has held up, which, hey, like that's not nothing. I mean, I know I'm probably beating a dead horse with that, but that's, I think that's uh, somewhat relevant. Okay, on to receivers. Uh, I I mean, I think we all agree here that St. Brown, Leif Raymond, Darrell Williams, and probably Cephas were safe, and after that it was kind of a toss-up. I am a little surprised they kept Kennedy. I know we touched on that earlier. Are you surprised they kept Kennedy? And then have you watched any Trinity Benson enough to to know much about what, what they're getting here?
2: Uh, I have watched a little Trinity Benson, uh, including back his college tape. And I I mentioned in the uh, in the 53 thoughts, like I think he's a guy like when I'm thinking back to some of the stuff they did with St. Brown in camp where they were using him on jet sweeps and Mm -hmm. they were motioning him through and then screening to him like now you have a guy with four, four speed. You could give some of those touches, to, And so I think maybe he comes into play there. Maybe you put him outside, maybe, you know, they cut Perriman and maybe they said, well, we still need someone who can get vertical outside. And so maybe he fills that role and just gives you like 15, 20 snaps a game where, you know, you give him a couple throws on the perimeter and you toss it deep once or twice and hope he can, you know, bust one here and there. Um, But again, that's a guy who hasn't played a regular season game in the NFL. He has no catches. He's, you know, he was like off the really kind of out of the picture in Denver and then played his way in. So you're it's sort of the same conversation. You're now rewarding guys who played well in the camp and weren't even in your camp. Like right. this is you're going out and finding guys who played well. And so uh yeah, I mean I, I, I don't know. I mean it I think in a way, like if things go well, there's a chance that this receiver group could be really underrated and put up some decent numbers. But on paper
0: yeah.
2: I mean, I think we can say this is—is is this the? This might be the worst receiver group in football on paper. Oh, so they is, yes. have to outperform where the expectations are right now. I mean,
1: there was like dozens of receivers' names that came up across the ticker today that I was like, "Yep, he could help them. He could help them. <laughs> right. He could sign they him. They still might grab they some sign of those guys. I mean, it was yeah. dozens. I mean, not, there was like. A hand, there was only a handful of guys that I was like, he won't help. He wouldn't help them. And most of the guys, I was like, yeah, he could probably get some reps, you know, if he came in here. So this is one where I look at receiver and I'm just kind of like, guys, I I don't know if this is going to be the six. I You no, know, I don't when, think it I is. don't think so. I don't think this is going to be the six when the when the uh, when the season starts. Um, I don't know if they'll bring someone else in here or whatever, but like. I don't know. I don't know how the configuration is all going to work, but this this feels like a tough uh, tough one for me to see. I mean, given all the things that are now out there, too. I mean, we talk about places where things might change. I would think that this we've arrived at one here that you know we could see some movement or some change here uh, in the coming days or week. I would think.
2: I mean, I think the top four are pretty set. Like you mentioned, William, St. Brown, Raymond, and and Cephas. Right. I like. I don't know that you're going to go find someone necessarily to bump those guys out, but. Uh, certainly, I wouldn't feel terrifically comfortable if I was Tom Kennedy. And even you know, like I assume they have a role that they want Trinity Benson to play here. But people kind of freaked out when they saw that they traded a a fifth and a seventh for Benson and then a future sixth. But that's not yeah right a lot. And no. we've seen the Rams do this a ton, where they value you know getting something that they know for a draft pick like are you going to get a better player or more guy with more upside in round five or round seven i don't maybe round five um and so you you trade away you know a couple picks that you're probably going to get back for with comp picks and and go get someone who played pretty well and looks like he could help you so i don't think that the price tag um Really hurts that much, and it, uh, that's one of the things I like about how the Rams operate, and that I liked about Brad Holmes coming in is that he wasn't going to treat draft picks like right—you can't touchable yeah. gold and currency. <laughs> and I think we saw some of that with the previous regime. Well, I
1: think also the receiver position again—it's another example uh, that they've talked about. You know, their thoughts and how they kind of view the position and how you can manage that roster is. And it really is smart. I mean, Chris and I both follow the draft pretty intent, pretty close, um, and have for quite a while. And we've seen how college football works with so many more receivers, uh, even at the college level, coming in as freshmen that are more and more ready uh, for the game today. And keeping yourself young and cheap at receiver, for the most part, is not the worst idea. And you know, I I think this is what they're going to do. I think they're always going to be sort of. I think the receiver group is always going to be kind of in flux. I think it'll be – you got one or two guys in there that are maybe, if they would hope, can be pillars. But I think they're always going to try to keep that thing moving until they can find maybe, you know, whatever steal. But I think to the point earlier about a lot of all these other spots, you're not going to just settle on a guy and stay there and just pay him because he's here. You know, we don't have to give him a new locker code or whatever. Like, but I think in right. some of those yeah, – right. that's how they look at the position. I. And honestly, with, with the way that we talk about receiver um, every year and we have a very difficult time, everyone does, with like tabbing that market. And it's like, what is this guy going to cost? What's that guy going to – no idea. Keeping yourself at the other end of that pool is probably not the worst <laughs> thing in the world because it keeps you out of a lot of weird situations. So, you know, I mean, that's the clearly the direction they're going at receiver. I mean, I wouldn't expect them to be investing heavily other than maybe what they did this past year with St. Brown. I could see them doing that again going forward but that's something that I've thought about even as we get into next draft prep is I don't know if we'll see Holmes jump on a receiver super early or spend a lot of money on one it just doesn't seem like something they would do but I guess we'll have to wait and see
2: and some of that might depend on how this little experiment yeah, goes this year absolutely. you know if they get through this year and a lot of things are working and they they're sitting there at receiver like with you know Tyrell Williams leading them with like 31 catches right. they might spend up a little bit right. but uh and again this goes back as i said at the start this goes back to kind of the coaching staff discussion for me because i think anthony lynn's gonna have to call some really really good games here and yes. i talked about you know some of the ways they've used st brown and some of the ways they'll use raymond and now benson like those st brown i think can run routes and get open raymond can run routes and get open but a lot of the stuff they do in this offense both because of the receiver. And because of the quarterback they have is going to have to be predetermined. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to figure out where they have an advantage before the snap and run a play that takes takes them to where they need to be yeah. because they're not going to have a lot of plays where, you know, these guys are going out there and just schooling no. cornerbacks and Goff's getting to his third read and all this stuff. It's just not going to work like that. That's 17-play so,
1: that drive stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, folks, <laughs> I don't think that was just preseason. Like, that's how, that's how this is going to have to go. I think, yeah. I mean, unless we see, like, you know, the way that changes is if, you know, Swift, they find ways to turn Swift into a game breaker, right? Like, that's one way that, or Hawkinson, you know, develops into a guy that is just an X factor, right? Like, those are ways sure. that that changes. But as we look at it right now, it has to be a grind out offense. Like Chris, I mean, it has to be. There's no other option. Offensive line as we move forward here. We already touched on tight ends. (laughs) Yeah, No surprises in the top five, but of course we talked on Crosby. Um, I don't know. This wasn't surprising to me at all, the guys that they kept. I guess you could have argued maybe for a ninth if you wanted to. Um, But also when you look at that, you're kind of like, you probably need to monitor the wire here (laughs) and maybe get some (laughs) – More stable help behind your fifth guy because now suddenly you went from a guy at least we knew Tyrell Crosby had played before to we don't know what this is going to be if someone gets hurt. So this is hard because I don't know what they're going to find on the wire here. I mean, like, that's kind of what I'm... I don't know. The Crosby thing is the one that I'm still scratching my head about. It, It has to be that they just didn't like his game one way or the other. Maybe the injury plays a factor, but that's one where it's like at least at the very minimum there... You sort of knew what you were getting, but maybe they thought, okay, well, we don't like that. So, you know, maybe there's somebody else out there they want to take a shot on. I don't know, but I feel like something else has to be done here. Your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I guess my last thought on the Crosby thing, um, he was hurt for a while. Like I said, he didn't play well in the preseason, and I think they kind of looked at it. You saw that sack he gave up uh, was that left tackle. I don't know that he can really play left tackle in this league, and they tried him at guard. And maybe they didn't like what they saw at guard, and then he put him at right tackle. And I think Matt Nelson's better than him at right tackle. So yep. that, what else are you going to do? Right. Like if that's your how you're judging it, uh, he's he's kind of played his way out of every position there. So I think from that perspective, it's not shocking. But at the same point, we talked about rewarding guys, and this was one spot where I think you know Evan Brown probably did enough to. to uh earn his way on and yeah. he played you know every snap in the game at Pittsburgh and that's fine he'll be fine as a as a backup interior guy I think Logan Stenberg definitely earned his way on with how he played down the stretch I don't know that Matt Nelson really earned his way on like I didn't think he was that good at any point and that, so to, as you were saying this is I think there's probably room to add multiple guys here if they want to go do that because even to get through the season you're going to need some help here like it doesn't it's not yeah. not from a competitiveness standpoint like just to survive the year right. you're probably going to need some extra bodies in there that can play and i don't know how many of them they have right now
1: well you don't have another tackle like, <laughs> like that's right the, i mean you and that's the hardest that's the hardest spot to add you know at this point in terms of what's out there but i mean i don't know that's yeah you know, you're you're hoping obviously guys stay healthy but we all know that that's just not not likely so I yeah I would expect uh they probably already have had some heavy uh, looks at that one but it'll be also interesting sure. to see who goes back on the squad too on that one so um defensively flip it over back we already talked about the back end um we meant you mentioned hand earlier uh and I'm sorry I mentioned Boyle earlier as a guy who go to IR hand I think we see him in a similar situation Pennicini and Kevin strong. Um, Penasini is surprising to me. He's maybe another one that I would say is a little bit of surprise. He was hurt in camp. Um, I know that there were times early where he looked a little whatever, but like I, I think back to last year, and I remember a guy who could kind of do a little bit of what Danny Shelton gave you and not much else, and I also wondered, what else is he giving you? But then again, depth is depth. So, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, this is, that's another one where you're splitting weird hairs. And I don't know. I mean, your thoughts on... On the D-line, then also, I would assume, here, because we haven't heard much, but it looks like maybe another IR situation for Hand, I mean, until we hear otherwise, I guess.
2: Right, yeah, I mean, uh, we don't really see them this week. Um, Thursday, I guess, so, we talked to him, yeah. Yeah, we talked to, to uh, not to Hand, we talked to Holmes and Campbell, but we won't see practice again till next week now, and so, I don't know, I mean, last week, Dan Campbell said it was going to be a while on Hand, and they were kind of crossing their fingers for the start of the year, so... Um, yeah, maybe you put him on IR and that gives you a spot. Penicini to me, is probably got to be in that bottom handful of guys. If you need to free up a spot for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cause I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, he can get in there and he can hold the point of attack against the run. I think he did look when he got out there a little bit, he got, he did look, um, again like we saw a little bit last year but it showed some quickness and some ability to at least move laterally which works in this defense so maybe they like him and if you're talking about not wanting to pull the plug too early on draft picks with a little bit of upside uh, he certainly would fall in that conversation but that's uh, that's a spot where it could end up a little bloated. Like if Deshaun Hand can play early in the yeah. year, and Michael Brockers is gonna be okay to play a bunch, and Onzarike stays healthy. Like I don't know how many guys you don't yeah, need. Now you got to trim yeah. seven defensive tackles or whatever number that seven. They settled on. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's certainly a spot where they could cut back a bit. I think. I, I mean, do you think this is a good unit? Like as we talk about this team well, not yeah. being not being all that good on paper but it's like better today than it was yeah.
1: a year ago at this time by a lot i think that we have to say that right like i don't know if we can say that it's a good unit but it's certainly more talented today than it was a year ago um by like leaps and bounds i mean you just talked about levi and mcneil are in the same conversation and that you know anzerica and mcneil are two guys that have the ability to push the pocket from the interior and also help against the run. They had nobody on the team last year that could do that. You know, maybe hand when he was healthy, but like he was really not healthy. So, I mean, Brockers has been hurt, but he's still Michael Brockers. I mean, I think that, you know, what he can give you if he's even remotely healthy is better than most of what we saw last season uh, in here. So I actually think that, and then you go all the way down and we, we talked a ton about Kevin Strong and I know Bruce Hector didn't make the team, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see him back on the practice squad. Um, you know, Strong's another one of these examples of a guy that's like, he did everything they wanted him to do. You know, what else yep. do you got to do to make this team, right? Like, okay, he made the team. And, he, you know, he helped him. He can play in a couple different spots. Maybe he's a guy who can help him, you know, while hands out. So I think that it's um, – we talked about, you know, little wins. Like running back is better today than it was. Offensive line, at least the starting five, looks like it's in moving in a better direction. Um, you like what you've seen from Derek Barnes. And I think that we can say – in one short year, hard to not like what they've done with the defensive line here, I think, right? I think that it was a real big area. If we could think back to December and January um, about where the roster was and all the things that they needed to sort of fix, knowing that they weren't going to fix everything in a year and knowing that a lot of things were going to take longer than others. Like, they made a lot of progress here, I think, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, I think there's a lot to be sort of excited about if you're the Lions up here at this position because there's some guys in here that can do some things
2: yeah I would agree. um, are you surprised it wasn't Hector no, over Pennessini or strong I'm over
1: Penini yeah, but like also not over strong um over Pennessini, I am a little surprised uh but I also do wonder again, like like you said earlier, like is he a guy that's just here until they find a kicker that they like and have to cut into the roster, and you know, I think that he is probably toward the bottom of the fifty three so I mean in that case. I don't know. You know, maybe – I don't know sure Hector
2: had to be tough yeah, because of what so. we were talking about at the start. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a good camp. And he they put him out there in every spot, and he performed in every spot. And he would, took a bunch of snaps in preseason, and he did his job. So, like, that had to be one. And Campbell mentioned at one point, like, he's going to make this difficult on us because I don't think they even really expected no, him to come in and compete for a job. And then yeah. he wound up playing his way out of the bubble. So – like you said, I think if they can get him back on the practice squad, they certainly would try to do that. But that was that was one that I'm sure was a little trickier because they did try to reward guys who uh, who played well and who did what they wanted. And he, I mean, I, there's nothing really you can knock him on for what he did over right. the last month.
1: Right, agree with that. Um, we mentioned corner, really no surprises at safety. Marlowe makes the team. We knew we've kind of figured CJ Moore would as well, but it's a similar conversation. I want to ask you this as we kind of go forward here. And I know that most of today was spent talking about the guys. To- sorry, go ahead.
2: Do you want to get linebacker real oh, quick? Oh, did we miss? Did we oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Skip- Just because. Pitt- <laughs> 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 that- I don't know if that covers <laughs> right, your yes, thoughts on the fault. linebacker. yeah. Linebacker it's that we Pitt- skipped him, but- <laughs>
1: makes it, which I don't think we were shocked at. Beckett wouldn't be no. surprised at all if he's back on the practice squad. Nobody thought Tavai would make it. <laughs> but at the same time, like, this is as good as I think you could have done. Uh, frankly, with what they what they had in camp. Uh, but I also don't know, like, I'm having a hard time. The hardest thing I have with this one is how much is Derek Barnes going to play, how many reps are you getting him, right? Like how many, because it's been weird or interesting to see in camp how much work he had with the threes, you know? Like, and I know that a lot of that was because they wanted to see more from Tavai and all this. But, like, I am now interested to see as we go forward here, is he going to play a ton in week one? I mean, I don't know. Like, that's a big question I have for linebacker. That was my biggest question here, because I'm not really there's not really anything that I think was shocking uh, as how this played out.
2: I mean, I think he's going to have to play some because I don't know that you can really like Jalen Reeves-Maybin to me is more of a special teams yeah. guy at this point, and Pittman I think, like Pittman I think you could throw out there and get a few snaps from, but he certainly is not giving you what Derek Barnes gives you. So this is another spot to me. I mean, I mentioned. Uh, Looked like Micah. I was just trying to check. Micah Kaiser was on the outs in uh, L.A., so he got cut by the Rams. Like that's a guy who tested really well. You know, was part of the Brad Holmes scouting experience. Uh, Made that pick. He's played pretty well in a starting role. Like I think that's this is a spot where you could at least go get (laughs) one more guy who could help you week one if you needed to, and maybe take quite a bit of snaps because again, like uh, Barnes is here for the long term maybe you turn Pittman into something yeah. but this isn't this position is as unsettled going forward as as just about any on the the roster because you know anzalone has never played more than 50% of his team snaps in a season and they're going to like never pull him off the field <laughs> right. so how long is that going to last you know and uh but i think I, I that know. again like so much of
1: this this year is exactly exactly that it's the well we'll find out We're going to just take the bet and take the ride and see. And I think that that's so much of what they're doing kind of across the board. And like you mentioned Pittman and another example of a guy who comes in here undrafted outperforms a second round draft pick takes his job. Easy. Like (laughs) no politics, nothing else done. He's out to out. Pittman's in like, that's how this is going to go moving forward. And some of those were like, that's an easy one because like to at this point, I'm not sure how you could have justified it, but like, Little thing notable to me that they kind of singled out Devontae Beckett too, but these are little things I think when I look at, you're asking guys on this roster to buy into a program a little bit, right? Like you're asking them to sort of pull together and make this less about individual stuff and more about team stuff, which is hard to do in pro football sometimes. So you've got to be honest with guys. And um, my biggest takeaway on all this stuff, and Pittman reminds it to me again, it's like they went through it and – it was an honest evaluation, if nothing else. I think that's that's the best thing I could say about it, is that there was nothing here that we could sit here and say, like, boy, that guy had a terrible camp, and there's no reason why he's on this roster right now. And when we say that, everyone in the locker room says it. Like, I think those are things that people don't think about a lot, and these little things sometimes can add up.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think that <laughs> Pittman's one of those that, like, I don't want to keep talking about the last regime, but it's just one of those where, like, you give him a little credit for finding Anthony Pittman at right, coming out of Wayne State mm-hmm. and seeing some upside in this guy. But they also played him a lot, like pretty much exclusively on the edge of that Matt Patricia defense. And he just got clobbered <laughs> over and over and over again to the point there. It was kind of surprising he was still here, even yeah. still on the roster as Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell right. got here. And then they get in and you, this new staff says, well, what about... What if we try him inside and you move him inside and now he suddenly looks like a football player, a depth guy. Like he looks like someone you could put out there and he's a solid tackler. He seemed like he was starting to read plays at the end of preseason. Yeah. Uh, and so the, just, there's been a bunch of these little examples, Igwebuke, um, you know, of where they kind of tweaked some stuff that was here and made it better, tweak some of these little things and, and, and seen something, in these guys, that maybe you take them from. Well, this is just, Pittman's just a body in camp. To well, now he belonged on the fifty-three, I think. So and uh, he's going to run through a
1: plate glass window yeah, right, for you, hundred percent. And so will Jerry Jacobs, and so will Bobby Price, and so will all of these guys. And I think that that is really sort of the thing. I think that as we sort of look at this, Chris, again from like the the top, going back in, like talking so much this year about you got to make sure all the guys are still in the basket here, you know, when September ends and October ends and everybody's still like on board for the mission. And it's like, that is such an important thing as they go through this. And frankly, I think it's, it's worth noting that there hasn't been a ton of like what we would call, my God, that was a really hard decision, but there's been some. And I think that for the most part here, um, there's been some hiccups here and there, but like, They've been honest all the way to this point, and they've been straightforward with everything that they said they were going to do. And I think that that's something. I think that's something to at least applaud to a degree. It's not anything to celebrate or hang a banner about, but I mean, like, a lot of times these regimes start, and you get six months in, and you're like, the hell's going on here? <laughs> like, it's a completely different scenario, or they're doing something that you're like, I don't understand this. The logic theme yeah. has continued to hold up across the board and everything they've done. Everything they've done to to this point right now as we sit and talk has been pretty logical. I haven't had a hard time sort of understanding it. And I I wanted to sort of get your thoughts as we kind of wrap up camp here on if you're in the same sort of boat I am in that uh, we don't get surprised by these guys an awful lot. We do, but we don't get like blown away or shocked or like we didn't see that coming because a lot of the stuff that we're seeing from them makes just a lot of football sense. And I think that that's positive at this point.
2: I will say I was a little surprised they cut both kickers. I will give okay, them that well, one. You know, for... They caught me off guard <laughs> with that one. But it wasn't impossible,
1: and um, you knew it wasn't impossible, right?
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, and right. again, Fair like if you're them. rewarding who had a good camp, <laughs> it's not them. Yeah, right. They weren't good. <laughs> no. Like Bullock was fine. I think he probably would have made. Yeah, he was like marginal. For you. Yeah, like but, not like, enough for what you were. Yeah, no way. We were out there a lot of days and they would have kicks that were like just crawling horrible. over the crossbar. Yeah, right. And you're like, how? What yard line are they on? And it was like the 32. You're like, like, what is. Well, we've got Going three beat writers on ladders squinting out to see if that was a
1: 34-yard kick that he missed oh, by eight no. yards, or a 37-yard kick. Like that's how it went. Every single but beat writer <laughs> in camp looked up Jack Fox's place-kicking uh, notes. So I assume they'll it's, bring okay. in a kicker. Yeah,
2: that yeah. one surprised me a <laughs> tiny bit, but yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. I think this has been. Pretty consistent all the way through, um, and, and, e- and even the stuff that I have pointed out, you know, on here or in this post is being kind of surprising me. Is stuff where they didn't get caught off guard, like the offensive line thing. Is I'm mean, like Anthony Lynn when we talked to him in was that like early April. It's like, well, we got to find some more offensive line depth and he's pretty much said the same thing every time he's talked since then Campbell's brought it up and so now you're going to go into this waiver wire and say well all right can we bring in a couple guys that can help us and you sure you would have liked to knock that off a little earlier you would have liked Crosby to play really well or uh, Evan Heim to play really well or something like that but this wasn't something where they were saying well we have 10 guys here that are great and exactly. now you get to the end of August, and you're like, "What the hell happened?" There were five guys right. just bottomed out. They knew this was going to be a challenge, and so now you figure out the next way to move forward. And I think Paraman falls in that discussion too. Like I mentioned, uh, I I put out on Twitter that I that was like the first real swing and a miss for mm-hmm. Brad Holmes, and people got mad at me. Like, <laughs> uh, it wasn't a swing. Like he gave they didn't. It was one year. They were just taking a flyer, and like. Right. To me, that was one.
1: Well, yeah. It was, it was,
2: was short term. It wasn't a ton of money, but they guaranteed almost all of it. Two million bucks yeah. to be a starter. They never found yes. someone else who was going to come in and push him really for that starting job. And so when you caught him, you had to go figure out something else. And that's really the only example I have where you kind of draw the lines from April to now and say, okay, they didn't necessarily prepare a contingency plan there. Uh, that one' in everywhere else but, but other than that yeah yeah and kicker all right i'll get you so yeah. too but everywhere else i think they've been in a they've had a pretty good understanding of what their strengths and weaknesses were at every spot on the roster and so that's mm-hmm. again that's encouraging and now you kind of see what's the next wave here who comes who comes in on the waivers how do all these young guys play in like 10 days when they have to go play a game uh this is all part of the judgment process but i think Like you said, I don't, I think that they've had a a pretty good plan here and it seems like they're going to stick to it,
1: sticking to it. And I think that this is the year that you can do that, you know, and I think that they understand, you know, and that's the fascinating thing as they walk forward here. And like, as we, we talk about, like I was, you know, we can ask about, you know, who do you think they can pick up or what areas, but I mean, like every single thing remains the same, like any addition they bring in here can't, can't infringe on the development of a younger guy who's going to be here, right? Like all the things, all those things we've talked about all year have to be brought into account with every single situation. I mean, obviously you can go out, if you're looking for a swing tackle, that is what it is. But, you know, I mean, if we're talking, you know, if you're trying to find another receiver that's going to take reps from St. Brown, I don't want that. I'd rather have St. Brown. Like if you're going to take, if you're looking for for another linebacker that's going to take something from or, or a corner that's even in the same, like if it's something that you want melafon to do, no, leave it alone. Let him do it. Like, let's see what some of these guys can do to a degree. And maybe, like I said at the beginning, maybe this is a little bit of Campbell and Holmes being like, okay, man, like our staff likes these guys for the most part. Obviously, we know there's going to be some tweaks, but for the most part, this is the core. And maybe there is a little bit of, like, let's take the net out and let's really put our faith into them and show them and leave no doubt that we trust them completely and see what happens here. Because what do we really have to lose? Like, if they get smoked in the first couple games, what's really going to change here? You know <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, right. nothing. So, in that sense, I understand some of that too. And I am curious to see sort of how that goes. Because I do think if this is how they're going to go forward here, if they don't go back over the next couple of weeks and just, like, go over all these spots we've talked about and just bring in veterans as, like, stopgaps. If they let some of these guys go without a net, like, some of them are going to surprise them, and they're going to find some players in here. They'll be uh, regretting some of them, too, but, like, some of them are going to surprise them, and they're going to find some guys. You know, like, that's that's how you do it. That's how you find guys in the NFL. You got to let them go out there and do it, and so I do think we're going to see some of that. I do think you're going to see some guys kind of walk on the plank that first game, being like, let's see it, Jerry Jacobs. You're in the two deep now, man. Let's see what you got, and... I don't know. Like, we're going to see how it goes. I think that's the situation. It's it's a w- weird deal in the NFL, but uh, it's going to be a weird year. I don't know what else to
2: say. Yeah, I mean, the la- just to build on that, the last thing I'll say is I think that this sort of goes to the point that they've been making all along, which is just we want to compete. We want to yeah. get out there. We're going to play hard, but we know what we're facing here. Yes. <laughs> and so, like you said, like, if Nickel Roby Coleman... Is not playing as well as AJ Parker, and to keep him on the roster, you're gonna to have to cut Jerry Jacobs. Nope. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Like, I don't. Why do that? Why keep a guy, a veteran, who's gonna be here for one year, and who, frankly, isn't even playing that well? Right. When you can keep one of these young guys around and just see what they've got, and I think that that you could carry that as far back as like the Kenny Galladay discussion. Yes. Like, what are you gonna get from him for? $18 million for two years when you're not very good. Like <laughs> let's get someone else in here and see what we can do. And see so if you can I, get a better think, team. Right. Exactly. Right. And so I think that that has held throughout. And like you said, I think that that's going to be key and anyone else they bring in here has to um, not take away reps from those young guys, but also understand what's happening here. You don't want to bring someone in here. That's not going to, not going to get this. A thousand percent. Like they need to know what is happening here. And I, I think we've seen a pretty good judge of judgment of character from the front office so far too. So that's the best um,
1: point to make because, and I'll leave my last thought at this Campbell said the other day when somebody was asking him about Tom Kennedy and Perriman, like I trust Tom Kennedy, like, and he looked at whoever was asking, he's like, do you trust, you know, like, does that make sense? And they're like, (laughs) yes, it makes sense. When they say that, I think it's like, I trust Tom Kennedy as a football player, but also like the thing you just said, like, There cannot be one guy in the 53 that's not, like, all about what's going on here. Like, everybody has to be about exactly where they're going and what they're doing and what they're trying to do. Nobody can be looking at it with, like, that sideways, like, well, this is stupid, but at least they're paying me. Like, you can't have that. Like, I mean, it just can't happen. So, every guy on the team right now, on the 53 that you go with, has to be somebody that's taken ownership a little bit of of this rebuild. That's how it has to go. So... Yeah, I agree with everything you said, but I think that's the most important thing to note as they go forward here. You cannot bring people in here that are going to hijack your process or get in the way of it. And um, sometimes that's not even something that you can blame the guy on. Sometimes the guy, that person might be in a different situation for themselves, but like, hey, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. It's got to be about, you know, we've got things to do here. And if you fit in that, great. If not, we got to go on. And so far, that's what they've stuck to. And really, I think if you're a fan or an observer, that's all you can ask for is, you know, you're nine months in and they haven't pulled any su- serious curveballs on you to a point where you're like, well, that's not what you said you were going to do. And I don't know, Chris. I mean, we look back and obviously we don't want to keep looking back <laughs> too much, but I mean, <laughs> it didn't take that long before we had questions about the last regime. We're about to start week one. And I mean, I feel like the list is shorter as we're about to start week one. I mean, I'm just, maybe, I'm, maybe that's recency bias, but I mean, that's what it feels like to me.
2: Yeah. And people would point out to us that When the previous regime came in, you know, I guess you probably weren't weren't guilty of this because you weren't here. (laughs) But You know, like there's there's always an effort when there's a regime change to kind of from the media side to kind of understand what what they're trying to accomplish. (laughs) And so there was some of that for sure at the start of the Matt Patricia era of well, this is what he did. And this is what he wants to do here. And and I think that, you know, that's just sort of how we operate in the media. But at some point, yeah, you were like, this doesn't look.
1: This no, yeah.
2: It's kind of clunky, and this doesn't seem like it's taken taken on very well. And so, uh, there's but, no yeah, I mean, just I, trust
1: me is going on here. Like, just trust me, he's a good player. No, no, no. Have we seen it? No, just trust me. No, none of that. We, we right. either see it or we don't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we've talked about that all along. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just a totally different approach to it, a totally different mentality. And all that stuff about, well, everyone's in a better mood and everyone's, uh, you know, everyone's happier. A lot of that comes from the trust they're getting back from the coaching staff in saying, here's what it's going to be. You can be a part of this too, though. You have to tell us what's not working. Exactly. Tell us what's working. Like he Just come out, talk to your coaches, talk to the other players. There's so much more. That was one of the things I already said I was making my last point, so this will be my second <laughs> last point, my addendum. Um, that was one of the things that jumped out to me more than anything at camp. It's just how much uh-huh. players we're communicating with other players big and time. players are communicating with coaches. Cause we saw none of that with the previous group. Yeah. Uh, it was just so much, it was everywhere all the time. And I think that that is um, is such a big deal and you can only have that if your players trust you and trust the way you're handling things. And so far it's been all positive on that front.
1: 100%. Don't disagree with any of that. And I think that's a good place to wrap it up here as um, we'll have one more preseason podcast right next week, I guess, because they're not playing I'm all my schedules are we'll messed up them. here because of college <laughs> and everything. But um, Yeah, so we'll get one more next week and then, uh, my God, away we go. There there won't be a ton, I guess, in terms of day-to-day. As, like you, like Chris said earlier, we don't have anything with these guys until Thursday. Um, so we'll sort of see, I guess. Anything else coming up that I'm missing here that's uh, that people should be anticipating before? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're pretty much. I don't think
2: so. I mean, we're working on some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can get turned around before the season. But yeah, otherwise, uh, you can go enjoy the big house on Saturday and be there. You at, go uh, press box, and yep. <laughs> I'll wait for I'll wait for the week after. Sounds good. Well,
1: uh, we will talk to you guys next week. I'm sure on Tuesdays, of course, because as you know, and we always stick to our word on our schedule.
2: <laughs> on our scheduling schedule. <laughs> what, uh, what time is it? it, is it still it's Tuesday? still
1: Tuesday, uh, seven thirty eight on the in the East as we're wrapping up here, but tuesdays as we go forward here for the rest of the year we promise i think we have no choice so we have to do it on tuesdays for the rest of the year that'll be how it goes and of course we always appreciate everyone's interest and kind words about the show until next time be good to each other for chris i'm nick we'll talk to you guys later